Please bow with me in prayer. Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. If you were to read through the Gospel of Luke and you were to come on this passage, you might think that this was the first encounter that James and John and Peter and Andrew had with Jesus. And see, sometimes it's important to not just read the particular Gospel that you're looking at, but to remember and recognize that the Gospels are different perspectives, different takes on the life and ministry of Jesus. So that when you read Matthew and when you read Mark and when you read Luke and when you read John, you might have in total a few weeks or a few months worth of Jesus' life who walked with his apostles for three years. But you don't have necessarily the same stories and the same flow because they recorded different stories, and they pick up at different times. John doesn't have the birth narrative, for example. And so you'll see different stories, and when you read this story from Luke, you might think that this was the first encounter that these four apostles had with Jesus. And you actually have to go to John's Gospel, who is the one who was there, James and John, one of the Zebedees, John, who wrote the Gospel according to John, he tells of an earlier episode. And that fills in an earlier part before this. And it's important to remember that because you see something later on in John's Gospel too that resembles a similar story to this. And we'll get to that. But the reality is, is that if you were to read the first two chapters of John's Gospel, you would see that James and John have this encounter with Jesus, and Andrew, Peter's brother, and Andrew runs to Peter and says, we have found the Messiah. So Peter goes and meets Jesus, and Jesus says, come and see. So he spends several days with Jesus, and they go to this wedding in Cana of Galilee, and Jesus turns water to wine. Many of us are familiar with that story. And you get to chapter 2, verse 11, and the verse says, And his disciples believed in him. What does that mean? Now you would think that would mean, okay, they're there. They fully understand, they fully comprehend, they're with Jesus. They're all in at this point. Not exactly. Because really what we recognize is that Luke chapter 5 actually comes after that story. Because Luke chapter 5, Jesus is already familiar with James and John and Peter and Andrew. The Jesus ministry is gaining momentum. He's preaching and he's teaching and he's healing people. And he's delivering people from demon possession. 
And he's doing these incredible things, including, quote-unquote, his first sign, his first miracle at a wedding in Cana of Galilee, which these apostles had experienced because they went with him. But what did they do in the meantime? They went back to work. They went back to fishing. But Jesus doesn't give up. Jesus has this crowd following in the morning as he begins his teaching ministry. And Jesus, being a smart man, goes down to the shore. He encounters James and John. And he says, let's go out in your boat. And it's advantageous for him to teach from the boat facing the shore where everybody can see him for two reasons. One, there's probably a little bit of a tilt. Number two, for anyone who understands what happens, the land heats up quicker. So the air would go in so his voice would carry. I'm a little bit geeky when it comes to science. So that's what happens. So his voice is going to carry. And the water's going to act like a megaphone and carry his voice to the people. But Peter obviously wasn't totally there yet because he wasn't walking with Jesus. He had gone back to work. Interesting. We don't think that. We think after the wedding at Cana, they just... All were following Jesus constantly after that. And that's not what happened. They believed in him, but see, maybe it was just head knowledge. You know how many people say in our country they believe in God or they believe in Jesus and it's just head knowledge. It means very little. Or maybe they believed in him when Andrew said to Peter, we found the Messiah. Okay, he's come to save us, but he hasn't begun saving us yet from this oppression from the Romans. So, okay, until he does, well, we're just going to keep doing what we do. But they didn't fully comprehend. Or they did what a lot of people do. They hear the message. And they just go back to work. And it makes little impact to their life. They get busy. Do you know know how many people in our culture, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to really follow Jesus. I'm too busy to really take my faith more seriously than every once in a while. I'm too busy. Peter and Andrew, James and John, found work as an escape. They were busy. I'm a busy person. I understand busy. But are we running from something or someone? Is it really about we need to work, we need to be busy? Is it about priorities? Is it about really understanding faith? Is it about really allowing Jesus in? Is that what it's really about? 
See, because some people feel more comfortable keeping Jesus as simply head knowledge. Yeah, I believe. Or keeping Jesus as a compartment in your life. Yeah, he's the Messiah. Yeah, he does incredibly mighty works. So Jesus pursues them, pursues Peter. He goes down to where he's working. And the first thing he does is he puts out in his boat, already knows them, says, you know, let's, let's sit in your boat. And he teaches and he preaches. So he starts getting an opening again. Because Jesus, in his preaching and his teaching, has power and has authority. And there's something about this Jesus they listen to. He reaches the common person as others don't. He's not just a religious guy. He's reaching into their hearts. Because his ministry is now beginning to build. Especially around this land of Galilee. Which is a mixed bag. You know, it's interesting. Galilee, the lake, is actually named for the region Galilee, which means circle. It's a district. But it's also known by other names. Genesaret, it's the Greek name for the shape of the lake. It's also known as Tiberius. That's the Romans, what they called it. So when you read scripture, you'll read these three different names. But Jesus spent a lot of time there. And his ministry was beginning to blossom and grow because of his power and his preaching and teaching. And he was opening hearts and lives. So the crack was happening again with the apostles. And after his teaching was finished, then he started reaching. And he said to them, Okay, put your nets out here now. Put your nets out here. And on the one hand, they're probably looking at him and saying, what does a carpenter know about fishing? We just fished all night. You know what that's like? When someone tries to tell you about your job that you know better? I kind of have that on a regular basis. But it's really fascinating. Because they experienced the wedding at Cana. And they saw him do something like this before. Something amazing. Where they're probably questioning in their mind, who is this guy? Well, we heard he was the Messiah, but who is this guy really? And then later on in his ministry... He would walk on water, and he'd calm the storm, and they'd actually say out loud, who is this guy? They're still not sure. Because it's still dawning on them. But he says, at your word, because they've already noticed his word is power. At your word, we'll let down the nets. So they let down the nets. 
And he gets them. Because they get the fish. Not just a normal haul. An amazing haul. Undeniable. That something different was here. Someone different was here. Just like the wedding at Cana. He's Lord over creation. This guy's different. So what does Peter do? Peter falls to his knees. Jesus' first word was repent. Peter finally is beginning to get it. That crack is starting to open. And it's actually scaring him. Because it's easy to keep God out here. To keep him at arm's length. To have head knowledge. To believe something about him. He's amazing, yeah. But to let him in? See, because Jesus did something that touched him personally. That's different. That's different. Because that's what he's trying to do to all of us. Yes, God so loved the world that he sent his only son. But God so loves you that he sent Jesus to die for you. Because he loves you. Not just so it could stay in your head. For you to acknowledge. But so that he could live in your heart. And so the come and see became follow me. Follow me. He called him. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You know, it's like that light that breaks into the darkness. What's your first reaction? You want to hide. But Jesus said, don't be afraid. Follow me. Because I have more for you. In fact, I want you to not just be in my net. I want you to help me fish. That's what he wants for all of us. You know, we can all say, I'm too busy. When he wants so much to be in our hearts. You know, Peter was impetuous and headstrong and self-willed. Nobody in here is like that. I get it. And Jesus kept coming. Because that's what he does. Because he loves you. And he wants to reach more than just your head. He wants to reach your heart. He wants to reach your will. So that you follow him. That's still, this episode still was not Peter's clincher. 
because Peter would deny him. And a very similar story later. Because after the resurrection, Peter sees Jesus, not once, but twice. Sees him in the upper room on the day of the resurrection, sees him a week later when Thomas is back with the group. And what does he do? This is John 20. John writing. John 21. First couple verses. What does Peter say to the other apostles? I'm going fishing. Again. Because he's still not sure what to do. Jesus had risen from the dead. Maybe he'd become afraid again because he, he had denied Jesus. He'd walked away. So Jesus recommissioned him. He said, do you love me, Peter? Follow me. Take care of my flock. Feed my sheep. Follow me. Don't be afraid. And that's what he says to all of us. What are you afraid of? See, because some here still have Jesus or God up here. Some people are still self-willed. They want to do it their own way. Some people are convinced that Jesus really did rise from the dead, but they're back to their busy lives. They come on Christmas and Easter, so they get it then, anyhow. But it was Pentecost that was the clincher. It's when the Holy Spirit fully broke into Peter's heart. Changed his life. For good. Because he was no longer self-willed. He was now empowered by the Holy Spirit and guided by the Holy Spirit and God's Word. Where are you? Has Jesus really broken into your heart? I mean, you're here because you're at least here to come and see. Maybe you're here because you're really trying to follow. But some of you are just going to go back to your busy life. When he wants you to follow, he wants to walk with you. He wants that love relationship. He wants to fill you with His Spirit change your life. He wants you to fish with Him. Because He wants disciples. Is there a crack in your heart? Where He can break in. Or maybe even flood in and transform you so that you are His and you follow Him no matter where you are. Because He loves you. 
He's calling you and he's commissioning you. Follow me. And it's personal. It's not just out there. It's not just up here. It's personal. Let's pray. We know you are Lord over creation. Lord over redemption and eternal life. But for some here, that is mere head knowledge. And some here are too busy for that truth to take hold in their lives. Lord, I pray right now that you would shower this place with your Holy Spirit. That every heart here that even has a crack for your spirit to flood in, your spirit would come now to bring the reality of the fullness of your love in Jesus Christ who went to the cross not only for the world but for each one of us so that we might come to him as he comes to us personally, fully, completely, with our hearts and wills as well as our minds. Lord, I pray this day that every person here would walk out of here being a disciple, a true disciple, that seeks to follow you and seeks to fish with you. And I ask this and I pray this in the powerful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Amen.